Please be seated. <laughs> my name is Karen Evans, and I'm here with my husband, Bill, and um, with Jim Donald, because the rector and um, other staff and many parishioners are at Canuga for the annual parish weekend. Um, I, let's see, I'm a retired priest of this diocese. The last parish I served was at St. James Marietta, but I've been retired for five years. And so when Jeffrey asked me to preach, I said, okay. And then I looked at the lessons and I panicked. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I thought about preaching about Job, but I just couldn't get past some of the things that were in there. So I decided that I would preach on today's gospel about divorce. Now I will say up front that I'm no expert on divorce and my personal experience is limited. I've been married to Bill for 47 years and I haven't considered divorce maybe more than once or twice a year. <laughs> Anyway, I thought I'd get into this lesson by talking a little bit about the context. Now, Jesus and his followers had set out from Capernaum to Jerusalem, and when he stopped to teach, some Pharisees came up to him to test him. Now, the Pharisees' tests were designed to catch Jesus saying something that could be considered heretical so that they could arrest him and take him before the authorities and legitimately imprison or destroy him. This time they chose the topic of divorce. Their question, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Now the question would seem straightforward and easily answered. Deuteronomy 24 verse one says, suppose a man enters into marriage with a woman, but she does not please him because he finds something objectionable about her. He writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hands, and sends her out of his house. Now it goes on to say that if she marries another man and that man dies or divorces her, the first two can't get remarried. That's not allowed. Okay, so the first question, the first thing to deal with was that there was among the Pharisees particularly an ongoing debate about what constituted objectionable behavior. Um, I love the word, don't you? Could a man divorce his wife because she was getting old or fat? What if he just wanted to trade her in for someone else? Anyway, the test seems to have been to get Jesus to take sides so that then the other side could say, well, he's got it all wrong, and they would catch him out. But there was a more insidious and dangerous nature to the question. In Jesus' time, the Herodian family were the, the kings of Israel, and in particular, Herod, was the king at the time of Jesus. 
Mark's readers would have known about him because they would have read the story of John the Baptist, Mark 6, 17 to 29, if any of you want to look it up. So Herod married Herodias. Now Herodias was his niece, but that didn't matter a whole lot. What mattered was that she was married at the time, or just before the time, to Philip, Herod's brother. So both Herodias and Herod had to divorce their current spouses in order for them to remarry. Now, the, what Mark's readers and the Pharisees would have known and, and would have had in the back of their minds undoubtedly was that story in Mark 6 about John the Baptist. Because John went up to Herod and said to him, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And that's what sent John to prison. And the antagonism that developed with Herodias because of his position is what eventually got him killed. So the test of the Pharisees was, would Jesus fall into that same trap? Would he denounce the king, the aristocracy, the ruling class for their behavior of multiple divorces and remarriages. Now, the Pharisees were basing their question on the law of Moses, and I read that to you a minute ago. In his response, Jesus took the issue out of the realm of law and into the plane of God's intention in creation. Essentially what he said is, God's gift of sexuality is much greater than a legal contract that can be nullified. God's gift of sexuality takes two people and brings them together in an intimacy, a sharing, an interweaving of their lives that unites them in a permanent way. In biblical language, they become one flesh. I saw a quote from Martin Luther that sort of brings that out. Over and above all things is marital love, love that drives us to say to each other, it is you whom I want, not what is yours. I want neither your silver nor your gold. I want only you. I want you in your entirety or not at all. So marriage is not a casual thing. As the prayer book says, to be entered into unadvisedly or lightly. It's a permanent bond between two people and Jesus says that while a couple may divorce, in reality that bond remains, even when the divorced person remarries. Now this is God's intention for marriage, and it's the standard that we as Christians must see as the ideal. The model for Christian marriage, no matter whether your spouse is of the opposite sex or the same sex. Well. Well, a lot of questions come then. I did an internship once at a hotline for um, a, a crisis hotline where particularly we dealt with women in crisis. And needless to say, we had a lot of battered women who would call into the hotline. But there was one that I remembered quite well because when she told me her name, I knew who she was. She was very prominent in the community. 
Her husband easily drew six figures, if not more, in income. They had a big house and a big status. But what she told me was that when her husband came home from work, he relaxed by beating her. And he kept her so short of money that she was selling the pictures off the walls to buy food for her family. And the clothes that he had given her for big events when he wanted her with him, he was selling so that her children could have what they needed for school. Does what Jesus said mean that she and others like her can't get a divorce or ever find happiness with a spouse that loves or cherishes them? Is what Jesus said a new law? When I was rector of a church in St. Louis, I had a parishioner who had been rector of that church some 20 years before. He had been ousted from the parish and from the priesthood. He had been defrocked because he divorced and remarried. Is that what Jesus meant us to do? I don't think so. What Jesus says in our lesson today is that marriage is an expression of God's creative love. The marriage service says it signifies to us the mystery of the union between Christ and his church. That is what marriage is supposed to be, and that, what we, that is what we are called to when we marry. But none of us can truly meet that high ideal. People make mistakes and fall short even with the best of intentions. So some people will be in a marriage that fails. We are, as Christians, called to acknowledge our mistakes, to learn from them, and to seek to the best of our ability not to repeat them. I believe that Jesus did not establish a new law forbidding divorce. What he did was to teach what marriage is really about, its relationship to God's creative love and its character of permanence. And then he left us to live into that image, to live into that reality as best we can with God's help.